And now it's time for Blossoms of My Life Radio with your host, Ramona Trevino. Ramona is a teacher, a pastor, a three-time author, and radio host since February 2018, helping people share their but God moment and helping people see and be the blossoms in life. This program is a production and sponsored by Blossoms of My Life Radio Ministry and listeners like you. Now here's Ramona. Thank you for tuning in to Blossoms of My Life Radio. We are super excited to be able to introduce to you a local here, uh, Sister Heidi Forsyth. She is a public speaking instructor and coach. She has her Bachelor's of Arts in Communication, Master's of Arts in Education, and is also working on her second Master's in Public Administration. She does a lot of work uh, teaching inside the maximum level security prisons, helping incarcerated men develop their public speaking and communication skills. She has so much more that she's doing for the kingdom, and I'm sure it'll come up in our conversations, but I just wanted to introduce you to her. So Heidi, how are you? I am well. Thank you so much, sister, for oh. allowing me to be here this this uh, this day to, to have a conversation with you. Oh, you're more than welcome. You know, we kind of met from somebody else who was a good friend. She found out I do radio, and then she's like, oh, "I need to show introduce you to Heidi," and you know that you had a passion for this type of thing. And so I'm really excited to be able to have you on the radio, so you can see what that experience is like. Um, and then, you know, I would love to just to hear a little bit of your God story. I mean, you're doing a lot just in education. I'm a retired educator as well. I have my master's in special education and worked for 21 years in the public schools. And so I, you know, I give you a lot of credit and honors to what you're doing with your education as well. But why don't you go ahead and share a little bit with our audience, a little bit of your God story. Um, I read a little bit that you had a few traumatic events, and a lot of us have different trauma in different ways, but why don't you go ahead and start with that? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think all of us definitely have a God story, and so I thank you for um, allowing me this opportunity, and I know when I responded, I was like, I don't know, you know, what, you know I don't have a book written or anything like that. Um, and, and I appreciate your response that we all have a God story and we do, um, there's so many different parts of my life where I could see God moving and, um, uh, goodness, uh, I gave my life to the Lord at 14. Um, my parents were not going to church. In fact, they're still, uh, my mom, she, she gave her life to the Lord at, when I was seven believe I was seven, seven, eight. And, uh, and then she, she, as they say, or the term goes, she backslid and, um, she still has a, she has a faith in God, but she's not presently, um, that I'm aware of, you know, like it's so sometimes it's real easy to kind of make judgments when people don't go to church that we think that they're not like living for God, but you know, that's kind of one of the measurements I suppose that we have with people. And so she's not presently going to church, but um, so I felt the calling of the Lord on my life since I was nine years old and my parents weren't going to church. So it wasn't like they were taking me to church and that's why I felt it. I really did feel just whoever God was, whatever he was, you know, for this nine year old who needed a refuge, who needed love, who needed, 
um, guidance, who needed a mother, who needed a father that uh, were there. I was really lost. And um, and so I, I could feel something calling me. And and I, I questioned, is, is that is that you, God? Well, who is God? What is God? And uh, and slowly the Lord just would just call me and draw me. And eventually I had this desire to go to church and my grandmother would take me and um, off and on because I didn't have the support from my, my parents. My parents were, were separated or divorced, however you want to look at it, because they never actually got married. So they were no longer together. And my father, he... Um, he was a Catholic by title, but uh, not a practicing Catholic. Um, he wasn't really in my life, um, didn't come see us a whole lot. Uh, and so uh, my mother was always working um, and just wasn't very present at home. And, you know, as, a, the, as the youngest of four and just needed some support, needed guidance of a mother, just needed, needed as any child would, needed that support from from uh, from a loving parent and um and so uh, my grandmother started taking me to to church on my request and um and the lord just continued to work in my life and i remember i was about i guess at that point 10 or 11 years old wanting to get baptized and my mother didn't want me to get baptized and i think it was her fear of her walk with god and mm-hmm. and and her turning away that I think she didn't, she was like, never really had this conversation with me because I always just wondered, why don't you want me to get baptized? Um, but I, I, I just perceived that maybe it was her fear of you're, you're too young to know what living for God is. So I'd rather you not do this now and then regret it. I I think that was her rationale. Nonetheless, she, she, she objected to me to get baptized and I continued to go to church mainly during the summer because my grandmother lived out of town from or in the next town from where we live. So it was very hard for me to go to church during school hours or during, during the week. In any case, um, I remember telling my mother, I am going to get baptized. And I, you know, I went to my pastor and I said, my mom doesn't want me to get baptized, but I, I need to. And so I was getting ready to turn 14. Um, so February, uh, I, I got baptized a day after my birthday, after my 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 uh, natural birthday, and I remember it took about six months that I prayed, and I remember my pastor's wife saying, and I had no idea what this meant at the time, but she said, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you." And I was like, I don't know what that means, and I <laughs> at the time I didn't find a whole lot of comfort in that scripture, but her words and her kindness gave me the comfort and peace I needed. And she just said, trust God. And I said, okay. And, um, a week before I got baptized, my mom, um, was accepting of me getting baptized. So I got baptized at 14 and, um, and so there began my, my, I, I really say my, my spiritual journey really began a lot sooner than that, but in terms of the actual baptismal day that, you know, it, it began and, um, and it was very difficult because I, I, I had a lot of um, forward thinking or, you know, moving in the future. I realized later I didn't know it then, but I had a lot of anger. I had a lot of anger with my mother. I had a lot of anger with my family. Um, by the time I was 14, my sister 
Um, she had been introduced to drugs, was pregnant. There's a lot of chaos at home. My younger brother, so I was 14. He must have been 15. He was already kind of involved in, in, in gangs. And he and my sister were really, really close. So they were kind of, you know, in, in that groove together. My older brother, he, I think at that point, he was, he was doing okay. He was working really hard, helping my mom with the bills. And my mom was constantly, um, like leaving town to do work. And, um, so I didn't see her much and I was just a lost kid, yeah. even though I was in church, even though I had like my journey started. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people at, the, uh, when I was going to church at that age by myself, they were really proud of me. I would often hear, Oh, sister Heidi, let's give you a hand. I mean, people would applaud me for coming to church. And I was like, like, I, I didn't understand that. I didn't feel like. Like, oh, yes, I'm this hero. I was thinking to myself, like, where else do I have to go? I have nowhere else. Like, I need to be here. It was a refuge for me because as soon as I would get home, there was a lot of, like, a lot of violence and just a lot of chaos. And um, and so even giving my life to the Lord, um, it was like at church, there was this refuge, there was this sanctuary, this, yeah. this place where everything felt right and good and peace. And the moment I would leave, yeah. it would just all start. And I wish, you know, I'm 45 years old now. I, I mean, I wish I, I had a mentor or a guide, someone to like direct me in this spiritual walk. Like, look, it's not, may not be easy but here are some instructions. Right. And, and so um, I didn't get a lot of that. And I, and, and I think a lot of it was my resistance to, there was a, some things within my character that I, I hadn't picked out yet that I didn't realize became part of who I was as a, who I, um, you know, the, I think there's a verse in the Bible that talks about generational curses. The yeah. sins will follow you. Right. It's just your characteristics that have, were carried on through the generations. Your hurt yes. and your traumas, you know, it happens a lot. In, you know, especially with youth because, you know, I had a call early on too, like what you're talking about. And I remember, God, there's got to be something out there. Who is God? And, I, and we were brought up, you know, Catholic just went to church on Sundays, Easter, Christmas sometime. But, you know, not church wasn't at home. It was only when we went. And I remember mm -hmm. I wanted to be so close to God that I told my mom and dad I wanted to be a nun. And they laughed. They laughed at me. And I was serious. That's how much I wanted God to be that person in my life because I could not handle how I felt at home. Absolutely. So yeah, I, that's, I know, and that's exactly I that. what I experienced. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I didn't know how to utilize the word of God as right. a weapon. Right. Cause we're young. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and so throughout the years, so at 14, I'm, you know, going to church and I'm, I'm being, you know, uh, everyone's proud of me in church because no one has to take me to church. And sometimes it felt like I was like this, you know, uh, oh, you should be like Sister Heidi. She likes to go to church and no one makes her. And I'm thinking to myself, you have no idea. And and so um, 
I, 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 for a long time, I had to, I guess I, I came off as very independent, very altogether because I was in church and it's like, uh, it, it, it just became in some ways my own weapon yep. to keep me strong. Mm-hmm. And, um, and even as a child, I remember, um, you know, there's some things that we tell our children that yep. we don't mean to, but they, it just stays with them. Uh-huh. And, and it, and it could be very traumatic. I remember having, you know, meltdowns or being just frustrated as a little kid and crying. And my mom would say, don't cry. Don't cry. You need to be strong. Don't cry. And maybe it worked for her in that moment, but I took that and it, it became a shield for me. Right. And and so it became very hard. Um, and, and so all of that, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, my four years of high, uh, high school, uh, serving God and I became very isolated at school mm-hmm. because, you know, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to be lost in the world. I don't want worldly friends and yeah. I don't want, you know, I just was like, I know what that's like. And so I became very isolated from, from people instead of winning people for the Lord. Yeah. Uh, and I was, I was on fire. I mean, I was like, I would preach to people on the bus and I would, you know, I love working, doing outreach. But at school, I was like, felt like oh, I always had to protect myself because I was going to be around the wrong crowd, which is not necessarily a bad thing because you don't want to be with the wrong crowd. But I didn't know how to win the wrong crowd. Right. And it was the wrong crowd that was calling me. Like, they literally were like, hey, you want to hang out with us? I was like, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> and uh, and they were the ones that needed the Lord, you know. Right. And so I look back and I'm like, man. And, um, and so anyway, I started going to college. Um, it wasn't until about two or three years ago, which is in some ways I look at it and it's like, man, that's sad that it took, you know, this long for me to finally get some things in my spiritual walk. But, um, that I started understanding all the puzzle pieces that were putting, were put into place throughout my life. Um, that I actually started taking a, I took a course through our church. It's called Hope Corps and it's a six month training and it's a training for either home missions or um, just for the kingdom of God, really, it's for the work of God. Um, and so the final culmination of that program is what's called an ITW or an intensive training week. And so for six months, I took courses, biblical courses. Uh, and it wasn't my first time taking going to Bible college. I actually did start uh, two or three courses at a Bible college locally here. And, um, and so I started taking these courses that I started understanding and realizing that I, for all of these years, had a worldview rather than a biblical view. Uh-huh. Yep. And that gave me some understanding that I'm like, oh my goodness, I wish I would have understood this this way. And um, so I started college and, you know, I, I would always hear from the pulpit, for those of you that are going to university, be careful because, you know, you're, 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 you're going to hear what your instructors say. They're going to, you know, pour all this, you know, view of the world. And, and, uh, and so I, I didn't really understand how to guard myself, right? but I, I, with all of the, 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 the influx of information and the, and this, 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 uh, research and all these things that were being taught to me from a secular perspective, I didn't realize was also influencing my walk with God. Right, right. The way that I was serving God was from a worldview. Right. And and so um, 
like I said, it wasn't until I took this course that I, I started realizing this. And one of the other things I realized through this course was how I was not submissive. So for the longest time, I have been um, very like, um, and I've been told this before, but I never really understood stood it. But it just there's resistance, this like I'm a fighter. <laughs> and, and I wasn't always fighting the right fight. And, um, and so I, I had a problem with submission. I had a problem with submitting myself to my parents. I had a problem with submitting myself, uh, even to the man of God. And, and not that I was like all rebellious, but it was, there's certain things that I kept resisting. And I was always like within myself going, why am I not being used by God? What, okay. what, what is this fight? <clears throat> and it wasn't until recently that I realized, wow, I have not been very submissive. These, all these years. Um, a lot of times when we have trauma, we put up a wall mm-hmm. and we don't realize that the wall is there and we have our faith and we have God, but the wall needs to be broken down for the flood to come in. Yeah. You know, and I didn't understand a lot of that either until I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Then, then I'm like, wow, it's like the wall came down. <laughs> Yeah. It was like, oh my God, everything looks so different. <laughs> yes. No, and you know what? I was, um, it was about six months after I got baptized. So I was 14, 14 and a half, I guess, when I had the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And um, I really needed more development in that. And for me, right. um, I, I saw the world differently. Yep. But then, like I said, it's, 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 you know, God is, is only going to do whatever we, what we allow. He's not going to interfere. Like he's not going to break in unless we allow him to break through. Right. right. And, and so because of, you know, I, I spoke in tongues and I, I felt the breakthrough and I could see God moving. There's things that he was showing me. Um, but there were still things I didn't realize I was holding on to. Right. And it, that's where the deliverance part has to happen. Yes. And you had to so learn all that through being an adult, you know, and then getting to the place where you're delivered. Yes. Yes. And, 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 um, so that was, like I said, 14 and a half and then my brother died mm. and I didn't realize the pain that I carried when my brother died. I didn't really mourn for him. Like there was just this, he's dead. Let's bury him. Let's do this quick and let's move on with our lives. And that was like, it was just like, let's just move, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. And so I, and he died of of a violent death. And so just processing all that more anger built up in me. Um, I remember my, my siblings, all of my siblings, which I only have three from my, both my parents together. Um, they've all been incarcerated at some point. And I remember, and I, at one point had seen them, visited them at some point in their incarceration. And I remember being very upset and not wanting to go see them, but I was accompanying my mother and, I was just like, why do I have to come see them in, in jail? Why do I have to come see them in prison? And and I didn't want to. And it almost seemed like I didn't care about them, but it was just like, 
this shouldn't be happening. And so instead of embracing that, instead of saying, oh, I'm going to go see my brother, or I'm going to go see my sister, right. I was I was upset with it. And, and it so for a long been, time... It could have been too because your mom was asking or making you. It wasn't that you were going because you wanted to at that point because you were still young going, doing the things that you had to do as your mother instructs. You know, True. so you didn't know how to... Uh, if it would have been something that you wanted to do on your own, you might have been able to get to that point. In the sake of time, I'm curious, so what led you to start going to work in the prisons with all of that going on? Yeah, so I actually have been teaching at the collegiate level for the last eight years. I've been an educator for the last um, 18 years, 19, lost count. Um, Yeah, I'm sorry, kind of when... No, that's good. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, because I um, so when I finished college, um, that took me a long time to finally get through. But just trying to figure out, God, what what do you want me to do? And for the longest time, Sister Ramona, God, I I clearly heard as only Lord the Lord knows how to speak to us. Heard Him say, "I want you to teach, but it's not what you think, and it's not where you think." (laughs) And I was like. Really? I love, I love that. Like, that's really, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, God, I don't have time for these, like, riddles. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what this means. And so when I finally accepted it, I was like, okay, does that mean I need to go get a teaching credential? Like, where am I going to do this teaching? And of course, that's what he's telling me. Like, basically, he was saying, trust me. Just trust me. Yeah. And and I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure out what this message is. And so I pursued a teaching credential. Um, I took every class under the sun. I, I, I went to a, um, it was a satellite school, but the school is actually down south. I'm not sure if I, it's okay for me to mention it, the school. Um, but it's a, they focus here locally on just teaching, uh, uh, training teachers. Uh-huh. And I couldn't do our local university because they wouldn't work around my, my work schedule. So this was the next option, which also happened to be a Christian university. Okay. And, um, and so I took every class under the sun. I took so many classes that eventually they were like, there's no more classes you need, you can take. You have a master's now. You need to apply <laughs> for the master's and you need to get done and move forward and start you know, your work. And so that's eventually what I started doing. Wow. Well, I was actually... First teaching in multiple subject, then single subject, and then I went into special ed. I had my own special ed class. Praise and God. Yes, it was a blessing, but at the same time, it's also when I got very ill, and it was very, very challenging. So that year, I was like, God, this whole thing about you telling me I want you to teach is not what you think. It's like, you know what, Lord? And I don't know who talks to God like this, but I had a lot of courage to boldness to talk to the Lord like this because yeah. I, I was just like, frustrated and I was like like I don't I don't see where you're moving in my life and of course he was right um and I was like I'm I'm done with this God (laughs) I don't know I don't recommend anyone talk to God this way but I was like I I don't know what this means God and what you have in mind I don't see it so I'm going in a new direction that year um in that special ed class I was like I, I can't be a special ed teacher. I can't it's teach hard. little kids. Yep, it's, it's yeah. I like, I just can't do this. So I started pursuing a second master's. And in that year that I started pursuing a second master's, I applied for um, a position at our local college. And to my huge surprise, I got hired. 
two years into teaching at the collegiate level, um, we were starting a prison program and I was asked to teach at the prison. Praise God. And somewhere in there, I was like, (laughs) let me try this. And the first semester I was there, I was like, wow, I belong here. Wow. (laughs) Glory to God. And now you get to shed your light over there. That is so exciting. I love it. I hate that we get to that point to where we run out of time, but I love how you shared like your earlier part of your life. You know, all of us just have a regular story that sometimes we don't understand and you think you don't have anything, but your testimony touches somebody's hearts. And, and what I, what I hear from you is just your perseverance to want more, to want to meet God, you know, to get to that point to where he was finally able to have that breakthrough in your life. And, you know, we'll probably have to do another interview, I'm thinking, Heidi, because I would love to hear some of the testimonies of you working in the prison because I bet you there is some really amazing God stories there. But since we're getting close to the end, I do want to share that scripture that I told you about that I wanted to share. It's Isaiah 44.3. It says, For I will pour water on the thirsty land, and streams on the dry ground, and I will pour my spirit upon your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. And, you know, I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about um, your, your mom, your dad, all those that you love. When you were sharing that, this, that's why this scripture came. That's why the Lord had me pull this, because he wants you to know he's pouring that water out, and he wants you to know that your offspring, your blessing, your descendants, it's happening. Like he's doing the work that even though you don't see it, he's doing the work through you and you're going to start to see something happen. And so praise God. How can people get a hold of you, Heidi? Uh, Sure. They uh, they can reach me via email at Heidi, H-E-I-D-I dot my last name, Forsyth. F as in father, O R S as in Sam, Sam Y T as in Tom, H E at gmail.com. Um, and absolutely, they can email me. Uh, I do have an Instagram. It's called Come to the Table Project. I know we didn't talk about that. Uh, maybe at a second interview, we can we can talk about that. Or um, yeah, that's a that's a ministry that that was as a result of that ITW. Yeah, yeah definitely. Experience. Let's schedule something. I'm sure the audience would love to hear, you know, what we where you started and how it's going, and then now where it's going. That's so important. Um, we're at that place where I'd love it if you would just pray for our audience. You know, whatever whoever the Lord puts on your heart, you know, maybe it's for somebody that has been in that long journey of, I don't, I can't hear from God. And you can maybe pray over them so that they can know that he does hear their heart. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time and this opportunity, Lord, to be able to share uh, this testimony, God, publicly with those that are listening, Father. God, your children are everywhere across the globe, and um, and you hear them and you see them, God. You know where they're at right now. And I pray, God, for those that are seeking your face and seeking and wanting to hear your voice, Father. I pray, God, that you would give them the faith, help them, Lord, to not lose faith, 
that you are listening, you are hearing them wherever they might be, Father. Lord, I pray, God, that you would just send them a love note yes. and a little piece of maybe it's a, a, a spiritual hug, God, that they need that assurance that you are there, God, that you have not left them, that you are there and you are faithful. You do not change. You yes. are the same yesterday, today, and forever, God. And I pray that they would feel that and, and see that and hear that, God, and be assured that you are listening, Father. And I pray, God, that they would see your hand move in their life and they would just be a little more patient, Lord, and just be able to see the simplicity and yet the greatness of your kindness and your mercy and your love over their lives. And that, um, if they just hold on a little bit longer, Father, yes, Father, and just wait to see your work and your hand move in their lives. We thank you for this time. We thank you for Sister Ramona and the work of this ministry, Father. Continue to use her and the work that she's doing, God, uh, to allow people to testify of her goodness and your glory, Lord, so that all of this brings you glory and 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 we and and the kingdom of god will continue to move forward in jesus name amen 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 god bless you sister i can't wait to have you on again so that our audience can hear part two of where it went amen amen My thank you for listening to this edition of blossoms of my life radio this program is listener supported blossoms of my life radio is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. To contact Ramona regarding donations, sharing your God story, or requests about her books, you can write to Ramona. Ramona Trevino, P.O. Box 22731, Bakersfield, California, 93390. That's P.O. Box 22731, Bakersfield, California, 93390. Her website is the letter I, the letter M, dauntless.org. That's IamDauntless.org. Her email is Ramona at BlossomsOfMyLife.org. That's Ramona at BlossomsOfMyLife.org. This program is a production and sponsored by Blossoms of My Life Radio Ministry and through listeners like you. And in closing, we just want to remind you to remember to see and be a blossom in someone's life. <laughs>